Never shall I forget that night, the first night in camp that turned my life into one long night, seven times sealed. Never shall I forget that smoke. Never shall I forget the small faces of the children whose bodies I saw transformed into smoke under a silent sky. Never shall I forget those flames that consumed my faith forever. Never shall I forget the nocturnal silence that deprived me for all eternity of the desire to live. Never shall I forget those moments that murdered my God and my soul and turned my dreams to ashes. Never shall I forget those things, even if I were condemned to live as long as God himself. Never. Haunting words from Elie Wiesel's autobiographical novel, Night, which tells the story of Wiesel's experience at the Nazi concentration camps at Auschwitz. Words that continue to remind us that we cannot afford to forget. Words that offer us a searing insight into the salutary virtue of remembering, of the fact about human existence that we must strive to be put back together to make whole that which is fractured, even if wholeness may remain elusive in the end. A few days ago, some members of our pilgrimage group in the Holy Land made their way to Yad Vashem, Israel's Holocaust Memorial Museum in Jerusalem. It is a heavy space whose long and dark concrete spine draws the line of sight upward to the absence of light above. To walk through it is to bear witness to a myriad of witnesses, their voices, their shoes, and combs, and clothing, and books, each turn taken, the darkness deepened. What struck me most this time was how the liberation of the camps did not bring an end to the suffering. As they left the camps and returned to their towns and villages and cities, they slowly learned in so many cases that no one was left for them, no bearer of their memories, no witness to the life they had known. Some returned to homes they had just a few years before called their own, only to find others living there and, on entering, asked by them how it was that the Nazis had not killed them too. Others faced pogroms even in peacetime, and many had to flee their homeland all over again. The night fell not once in Auschwitz, but kept on falling. And with every act of anti-Semitism, with the murder of Jews in their places of worship across the world, and in the tenacious persistence of evil, night continues to come upon us all. 
And so we remember, never to forget, never to say to one another that we have arrived at a place of seeing ourselves that guarantees that we know with certainty who it is we are looking at regarding our capacity for good and evil. Do you remember who you are? An existential question for us and an appropriate description of the exchange between the devil and Jesus in Matthew's telling of the temptation of our Lord in the wilderness. The encounter comes at the end of Jesus' 40 days and nights where Jesus is without the companionship that so characterizes his ministry otherwise and aloneness that we'll see again in his cry of dereliction from the cross, the place of the skull where our Lenten journey will take us. Here in the wilderness, as there on the cross, Jesus encounters his abandonment. Why be hungry when it is surely in God's power to to turn stone to bread? Why be unsafe when it is surely in God's goodness to save you from harm? Why divest yourself of authority when you could rule over all the world? Don't you remember who you are? The devil asks of Jesus. Don't you recall that you are meant for dominion? These are the false memories that Satan wishes to draw Jesus into, the memories of a source of being that is not of God's love for the world, but of a love for self. Yet false memories can be powerful untruths. How many Jews wondered to themselves whether the lies that were for so long uttered about them might in fact be true? How many began to settle into a false memory of their humanity? How many lost themselves to the darkness of night before the night took their lives? Impossible to know. Yet we might ask what the long-term effects of false memory have been in our own place in the world for people who have endured testimonies to the untruths told about them. What have the descendants of those who were enslaved on this continent carried from one generation to the next that is not, in fact, a true word spoken about them but a falsehood? How many African-American children today still believe that they are less because they are black? How many whose parents are incarcerated believe that they are destined for the same tragedy? How many of the millions who are born into poverty in our world today believe that somehow that is where they are meant to be? Memory is not a neutral stance. It is not impartial to the ways by which we continually construct our view of our fellow human beings. We cannot remember the horrors of the Holocaust and be tempted to forget that today Jews remain the most prevalent victims of hate crimes in our country as a proportion of the population. We cannot remember the tragedy of slavery and be tempted to forget that today African-Americans are five times more likely to be incarcerated in this country than whites are. 
the way of temptation is the way that has us settle for a version of events that does not truly bear a resemblance to the reality of a fractured world and indeed to the fissured relationships that we pretend don't need attending to in our own lives. To remember is to resist such temptations. To remember is to stand somewhere. To remember is to recall the humanity that we share with victim and perpetrator. To remember is to recommit to not forgetting the worst we can do in hopes that our sin grants us a view from the valley floor where we might more realistically see the length of the journey before us. In the face of the persistent temptation to be indifferent to the suffering of others and to a false remembering of who we have been, Lent, by contrast, is our call to honesty. Our call not to be tempted to avoid conversations and the confrontation of our memories of the past and their enduring legacies today. Our call to talk freely and passionately and faithfully about what we and our forebears have done and through our indifference have left undone. Let us commit to remember this Lent. Let us remember the vast sinfulness of an enslaved American South. Let us remember the people still enslaved in America today as victims of trafficking, of victims of lust and depraved notions of power. Let us remember the millions who die at the hands of others and at their own hands and be honest with ourselves about the degree to which we have militarized the Second Amendment. Let us remember this city's bloody and racist segregationist past and the redlining that still shapes our consciousness and economic behavior even to this day. Let us remember that in the most prosperous nation on earth, 40 million people in this country live in hunger. We will remember and in remembering, move closer into the kingdom of God that shines a light even upon the darkest of nights. For the Lenten pilgrimage is one that leads not to the dominion of death, but to its defeat. We will remember that we and all God's people are called to a freedom that God alone can gift us with. We will remember so that we can live and be the beloved vessels of the gift of life that all are born to be. No more. Never again. We will remember them. <laughs>